Hey guys, this is Stavo, and you are listening to Vision is Greater Than Anything. I get to sit down in this episode with my good friend AJ that I actually met through work. He is the one that helped me initially um, kind of start this this whole podcast deal. I had no idea when I, what I was doing at the beginning. I knew I wanted to, to do one of these, and he was the one I went to to ask my questions when it comes to what mic do I use? How do I set all this up? And so I would write tons of notes of you know, all the advice he gave me and all the stuff I would need to get this going. He even showed me how to use Instagram. He showed me how to use a bunch of stuff on Facebook. I mean, when I say I'm new to the social media stuff, I'm serious. I'm kind of starting from from scratch here, but I'm taking my time learning and I'm using the resources that I have. And AJ was a big one for that. In this episode, we get into a lot of stuff. Um, We'll talk a lot about his brand, the clothing brand that he's working on, um, his podcast, his journey through music and kind of how he's developed over the years and where he's at now. We talk a lot about you know, family, a little bit about coffee, so all sorts of good stuff. Uh, I'm, I thank you for joining me again in this one. I hope that you enjoy. Thank you. AJ, thanks so much for being here, man. Uh, you drove about, well, like an hour and a half to be here today, oh. and the weather's awful, okay? I don't know, your knee's bugging you too, it's all hurting, so we talked about doing this one actually for a little while, Yeah, it was just finding the right time to do it, you know, mm-hmm. and finally something came about where we found a way to make it work. Yeah. Uh, most people don't know actually that before I started doing all this, my podcast and all that stuff, mm-hmm. you were the first people that I went to, because I know we worked together, and you had your own podcast going, so you had an idea of obviously how all that stuff works. Mm-hmm. I had no idea, so no, I reach out to you first and I ask you about how that stuff works. How did you start it? What mics do you use? Because when it comes to the technology side of things, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. And so you helped me quite a bit with that sort of stuff, you know what I mean? So yeah. obviously I'm learning a little bit as I go as well, but that helped me out quite a bit. And so before we segue into the episode, I just want to say, you know, for the people that are trying something out new or are nervous about it, mm-hmm. obviously if you don't have a person to go to, you have the internet. Yeah. You have Google when it comes to learning something new, you know, so yeah. um, use your resources when you got them. I certainly did. Um, so AJ, if you've heard that uh, podcast before, you know how it goes a little bit. So first thing I want to know is what's your vision? Yeah, um, my vision is uh, very plain and simple. I've kind of gotten it down to my own science. Um, I have a, a brand that I put a lot into. And so the, the vision is... Um, the motto, which is listen, explore, create. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's my vision. So it's open to interpretation. Um, it means specific things to me, but even when I explain it to people, it's very, very open-ended. Mm-hmm. So listen, explore, create. That's, that's my vision. Man. Mm-hmm. So. Is that something you thought about when you were younger? Or did this brand thing come, out, come about and like, oh, it makes sense to call it this? Because the reason it happened with me is when I thought about my logo, yeah. I didn't think about the words vision is greater than anything. Okay. The logo came up in my head because of the idea that it represents. It looks like an open set of hands is greater than a closed set, which kind of means sure. bigger pictures is better than narrow-minded. Yeah. So mine came up with just that idea. Mm-hmm. How did yours Well, it's honestly just, just from like my life, mm-hmm. you know, and just like, like the aspects of my life. Um, like I'm... I'm a, I've been a musician for a long time. Um, I love trying new things. Uh, I've been a creator like all my life, mm-hmm. you know, whether I knew it or not. So listen, explore, create. And I think it's, it's a very defined um, order that they go in. And I think part of that is listening. I think you need to listen in the world. You need to talk less. You need to listen more mm-hmm. um, because that, that helps develop inspiration and, and, uh, and, and, you know, I don't know, cultivates uh, um, inspiration inside of you. Right. And that will immediately lead into exploring and whether it be exploring the world, mm-hmm. um, exploring, you know, passions of your, that you have, exploring new opportunities. Um, you know, the listening part of it also, I mean, that could be anything from there's traffic outside, you know, to, and you hear that, you listen to that, your, your heater kicks on, you listen to that, right? <laughs> but like, uh, but then like listen to music, yeah. listen to your friends, you mm-hmm. know, but then, um, but yeah, then that's, that's listen, go into ex- explore, um, and explore the world, you know, explore internal, explore external. And then when that's all done, then I feel like the natural thing is to want to create, right. create your own thing, create, 
um, something that you're passionate about. Create yeah. something so you can inspire other people if you really want to, if, if the goal is to inspire. Right, right. But um, to have other people listen and to explore and then for them to create. And, right. you know, it's a circle. It's, it's a constant That's circle right. to put back out into the world. You know? And your form of creation right now is obviously with the brand you're doing you know, the clo- clothing line idea, right? Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah. how did that, it's almost like a philosophy more than anything, you know, yeah, yeah. a vision is like a philosophy yeah. also, but yours turned into using the brand for, for clothing and getting yeah. that out there. That's your version of creating, right? Yeah. So it used to be music. Yeah. You know, yeah. is it still music? And if so, how does it impact that now? And if it's not, how did that, that vision turn into the clothing side of things? Yeah. I, music will always be there. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not there right now, but that's okay. You know, music, like I was, uh, I played music since I was probably like 12 years old. Um, from my, and I listened to my dad play drums and bands. My brothers play in bands. They play guitar. Um, so music's a big deal to me mm-hmm. and it always will be. Like I went to school for music. I played in bands. I've toured, you know, the country um, a few different times. Um, I've eat, sleep. Yeah. You know, sweat, bleed, you know, cry, like everything. It's, it's always, it's come full, it comes full circle in music. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the first part of the vision, right. you know, is the listen. That's, that's where the, that's where the listen part comes from is, mm-hmm. is the music. And, um, yeah, I was a musician. I was trying to make it for a long time sure. to, to be a musician. Kind of like you're, you're with you with soccer, sure. Sure. you know? So that was a big thing for me. I, I mean, you, you grind it out, you, put hardships on yourself, you're hard on yourself, you're, you just, I mean, you do everything you can to make that right. exist in your life, you know what I mean? So. When did you stop doing the music thing? I think for like a lot of people, at least the way it happened for me is, I pursued, again, the soccer thing mm-hmm. with all those ups and downs mm-hmm. till I got to a point where I knew for myself I didn't want to do it anymore. Yeah. Because it stopped making me happy. Yeah. It isn't that I, like, I, I hated the game. That'll no, never yeah. happen. Like you said, you'll never hate yeah. music. But for me, I came to a point where I did this so long where I knew I just didn't want it anymore. Yeah. At the end of the day, maybe I just wasn't good enough. A number of things. But I had the feeling in my heart that this was just, I'm, not, I'm done playing. It's it. For yeah. music, was it something similar or was it, hey, it's not going anywhere. I'm going to stop. How did it happen for you? Uh, it's Like you say, it's like, I wouldn't even say that it stopped yet anyways, uh-huh. it's, but I do know that the passion has shifted away from that. Um, and I think that that is mostly, um, you know, I was in a band um, called Kidnap the Sun that we, that was probably the biggest go at it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, like I say, I went, I had a scholarship for, um, in school, you know, to play guitar and everything. And I learned a lot there. I learned a lot beforehand, but then that band was like, that was our that was our go, mm-hmm. you know. That was our take, yeah. you know. And that was our opportunity. And um, when that didn't pan out, I still had lots of creative ideas for that band for and for music in general. Sure. So I figured I would tr- definitely try to live those out or write them, um, get them down on paper, so to speak, yeah. record them. Um, but you start getting met with like opposition on your ideas. And it starts to just kind of dishearten you right. a little bit. Right. Whereas like, it's like, well, I'll try this. And then you start listening to other people's ideas. Not that that's a bad idea, mm-hmm. a bad thing to do. Mm-hmm. It's important to have other people to, you know, weigh in and give input. And, you know, I think that's a really important thing. You can't be closed minded. Sure. But it got to the point that I would try something. Someone would say, well, try this instead. And then you try that. And then they're like, no, it's still bad. Right. You know, or, and you're like, well, the initial idea was so good anyways. Why did I just start letting in all these other things? Mm-hmm. So I think it just got bogged down. It just got like too, too much. Yeah. There's too much going on. And I had all these half ideas that I, you didn't like, commit to them. I didn't commit to right. them, you know, I, and I started, I started finding opportunities and other things with podcasting or branding or, you know, uh, you know, printing things like that that mm-hmm. I was doing, you know, and music started to fall to the wayside mostly because sure. the other guys in, involved with it, they started finding outlets elsewhere. They found other musical outlets to play music. Yeah. Um, I was trying to get mine recorded, but you know, it's, I think that's kind of when it died out was like, not because I didn't have somebody else like to support it, mm-hmm. but because if I did look for someone else to, to support it, then it was not, I was usually met with, well, 
try my idea on your idea. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right, try, right. Put my ideas on your ideas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, I can do that, mm -hmm. but then I feel like I'm, I'm losing some of the honesty of it right. or, or it doesn't feel right to me. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, well, I guess, you know, it's fine. Do whatever you're going to do. And it's like, well, I wanted your input. Like, right. I, I, you know what I mean? Yeah. So you're just like this rock in a hard place of like, yeah. well, I guess maybe it's just not meant to be. And right. So, right. but those ideas still live. Sure. And they're still there. And, uh, and I still want to revisit them. I still yeah. want to finish them. But it's it's finding the time. So, but yeah. like I say, music's always going to be there. And I still, I mean, I was playing music live up until last year. Right. You know, we just kind of stopped playing, and then we very very well could mm -hmm. start up again. Right. But right. yeah, just for the time being, it's that's not it. That's not the focus. Sure. You know. Sure. So. And obviously, to play music, it takes some level of creativity. It does. It's. it's I think it's an avenue to express yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, writing is similar, speaking is similar, singing music, yeah. stuff like that. So, you know, and I can see this in you, obviously, when you're someone who's creative, obviously you, you need an outlet. Yeah. You have to get that creativity out, whether it's to express yourself or, or, or help other people, inspire, you name it, you know. Yeah. And for you, I think you still have that desire. Maybe music at that time just wasn't the right avenue. Right. But that creativity, the desire to, to do something for yourself... Mm -hmm. It's still there. Yeah. Now you just have other avenues to do that. Right. Like I always talk about, with, again, the soccer thing is, you know, at the end of it, when I knew I didn't want to play anymore, I saw the desire to, you know, help people and inspire people. That gave me a lot of joy. Yeah. And so I started to realize, hey, you know, maybe soccer wasn't it or not at that time. Soccer, I thought, was my avenue to help people and inspire people. And it turns out maybe that just wasn't. Mm -hmm. I still have a desire to do that. So, again, with my podcast now and, you know, the other stuff I'm doing with The Vision is Greater Than Anything yeah. is giving me a chance to inspire people. And it feels more right than ever. Yeah. Like, the confidence has never been higher. It just feels right. I'm, I'm getting to do this thing that I had a desire to do with soccer, but it, it just wasn't the right vehicle for it, you know? Right, right. Did, does it feel like that for you also? Or is music something, like, like you said a second ago, that... It's still there. You're just as passionate about it as you ever were. It just, obviously, there's not a time to do everything. Yeah, you know exactly. What I mean? Yeah, um, but you want to return to it. Oh yeah, I, I, I've, like I said to you before, I have, I have a lot of irons in the fire. I have a lot of irons in a lot of fires. Sure, like you know what I mean. Yeah, so, yeah. It's not a bad so, thing. So, uh, and that's why I like to be. I just like yeah. to be busy. And so, um, but I think that I think you're right. The idea that. Uh, this doing the brand, it's uh, Wolf Den Wears. That's the brand, and that's I found that that became a big outlet for me to like express myself. Like, like the brand, that like everything you see is something from my past. Yeah. You know, it, it it's inspired me somehow, um, and so I've I've like I just take my inspirations. And things, and I, I put those onto the clothes, you know. And sometimes they go over well, and sometimes they don't. Sure. You know what I mean? And, and But that's not what it's about. That's right. Obviously, if you start anything with an endeavor to, to sell it, you want it to sell. Of course. Like, there's there's no like there's no reason to be, like, you know, a starving artist about it. <laughs> you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, no. Like, <laughs> like, and that's what I've always been, and yeah. I've always looked at, like, you know, people's creativity and, and things like that as... If you if it's something you're passionate about, and you know people get on this tangent about, um, well, I just do it because I love it. Mm -hmm. I just do it because I love it. Like I don't need to be paid for it. But then you see them still kind of walking around. If you're a musician and you go play a show and you ask how much you can get paid for the night that you're going to go play your show, right. you're trying to monetize your passion. Right. That's what you're doing. So I have a, I have a big issue with people who 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 try to make some sort of self-martyr out of themselves yeah. in the idea of like, oh, well, I, I can't sell my passion. Yes, of course. Absolutely. Yes. You can. That's, that's what you should sell. Right. You should sell yourself. You should, you should absolutely do that and mm -hmm. you should commit to it. And, and that's what, like, that's why I got into it. You know, I want to, I want like, the idea is not to necessarily, it's the idea is to spread that word and spread that passion right. and spread a lifestyle. And right. I hope that, you know, that's that's why it's so important, and that's why it's taken over from music. Yeah, you know, music was a way that I sp I spread it, but I was never a singer in a band. I was a guitar player. I sure. just expressed myself with my guitar. Yeah, and that's very difficult to do when you're in a band with 
five other guys, right. you know? So if you, but I, I now have a voice and a platform with my brand mm-hmm. that I can, I can, uh, push out to the world and, right. and speak louder with, yeah. you know? So, yeah. And that, and that brand is, it's nothing but an extension of yourself. Yeah. I mean, your brand, whether it is through closing or through, through music or something else, mm-hmm. it's, it's really your, your character who you are mm-hmm. that's what people are buying so like when you said a minute ago when it comes to music or something creative like mm-hmm. the brands you name it mm-hmm. to monetize that is really to 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 get out the truest version of yourself as you can yeah and again like i mentioned a little bit ago using the vehicles to do that yeah. a, a podcast is one for example Absolutely. clothing line is another one for example because at the end of the day wolf done wolf done wears means nothing mm-hmm. without aj right right it's just it's just 100%. a picture it's a cool slogan yep it means nothing until you attach the person to it, you know? Yeah. And a minute ago, when you mentioned, um, again, doing it just because you love it. Yeah. That's how it has to start. Absolutely. It has to start that way. 100%. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, like, and we talked about this. And that's this, why it started. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Because we talked about this off air a little bit. Uh-huh. We talked a little bit about, you know, at least I did, about getting away from the idea of, you know, just pursuing dreams. Mm-hmm. Because dreams are like end goals. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And what will happen is, as you're pursuing this thing... It's not always going to go the way you think it's going to. And usually you'll see people that will kind of give up on it early if it doesn't go well early. Right. um, Because you just want this end goal. Mm -hmm. So you're forgetting about that little part in the middle. Which in my opinion, like we talked about earlier, is the most important part. That's what vision is. Vision is for, for example, like when things don't go well, if you love this thing, you will keep going no matter what. It's what what you you fall back on. Right. You know, I mean, when you get hit, hit down, you know, when you get knocked out, knocked down, and you're, you're on your butt like how do you keep getting back how do you how do you get back up it's because you're passionate about it in the first place that's why music oh we were so passionate about music and i was surrounded by guys who were also passionate about it too some more than others but you know there's a reason you go out on in a bus or a or a, a van with six seven eight guys crammed into it you know uh, playing to shows that could be five people, two people, mm-hmm. no people. You stop to play a show. Right. Um, you're eating at gas stations. Yep. You're sleeping in that van if you're lucky. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, it's not like glamorous or anything. But every now and again, you know, the reason you do that is because you're so passionate about it because you believe in the music that you're making. Um that's why you you grind, right. you know what I mean? And it's the grind, it's the passion about doing it. You fall in love with the idea of, honestly, and that's that's where some people, some people never get out of that though. Right. They get into this like romantic idea that I'm just, I'm supposed to be struggling. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so uh, I'm passionate and I'm struggling and that's success to some mm-hmm. people. It's right. kind of scary, you know? It's scary because you, you can be stuck in that place for a long time or if that, Success doesn't come after that. Yeah. The one that you're looking for. Yeah. You'll start to get resentful. I know. Towards yourself, towards everything you've been doing. Yeah. You know? I mean, I find myself, you know, when I was at my lowest points with soccer, mm-hmm. I almost started to blame soccer for all my problems. Yeah. This one thing that I'm more passionate about than anything, the thing that brought me the most joy, mm-hmm. I got to such dark places because it got so difficult that soccer is the reason everything sucks right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's like a place I never wanted to be in. It makes no sense. How can this thing that I grew up playing and loving, you know, be this yeah. now. It just makes no sense. Oh, it no. didn't make any sense, you know. So yeah. you have to find a way to enjoy that middle process. Of course, it's right. going to be a grind. But if you see it as, oh, God, I got to yeah. get up again and do this tomorrow. Yeah, we live for that, yeah. you know. Like, yeah. that's that's the thing. Like, we, we lived for it. When we woke up in that van, we were ready to go to the next city. We were, yeah. we were all in. We like we were showering with a bag, <laughs> you know. We call them bag showers, and that's how you, we shower at a park or like an yeah, RV yeah, thing, you know. Yeah. And that's that's what you did, and right. but you were still excited to do it, yeah. you know. You were so excited because you knew at the end of that night, like during the night, you were going to be playing another show yeah. Yeah. and doing what you're passionate about. We loved it. We mm-hmm. loved the grind, yeah. and I love the grind. I mean, especially with with Wolf Den. Yeah. Um, it is. It's a grind to mm-hmm. to be able to do that. And like you know, you talked about when we were eating and stuff about you know a lot of people, they like you're saying people don't see the the grind. You know, if if you get a if you get a taste of success that people see, you mm-hmm. know they 
some people get resentful and they don't see that grind or some people want what you have, you right. know, like you were saying. And, uh, and it's like, yeah, but I'm really passionate about this. Like, right, right. like I love this. Do you, yeah. do you love it? You know? Right, right. So. And you'll like, and I always tell this to people when it comes to like a passion, if you do something and stick to it until it doesn't go well for a little bit, mm-hmm. that'll tell you everything you need to know if you're passionate about it or yeah. not. Will you keep going the next day? Right. You know, when you hit that big first hurdle, yeah. is it over for you? Or is it like, you know, how you, how do you interpret that hurdle? Mm-hmm. A lot of people, again, is it's uncomfortable, it's hard, it's difficult, it makes yeah. no sense, I don't want any part of it, you know? Sure. But for others, like when you hit that first one, at least when I did for me, even though like sometimes things don't go well, yeah. there's still a really cool feeling knowing that I'm trying when a lot of other people aren't, mm-hmm. and that no matter how it goes can't be taken away. Yeah. You know what I mean? The stuff you did with the van, those yeah. showers, even though you're not the most famous musician nowadays, yeah. that shit cannot be taken from you, right? Oh, no, man. What That's... you went through there, the way your mindset developed, experiencing that, seeing that sort of stuff, yeah. that goes nowhere. That's why you're in a position now where you know, just like I do for a fact, that things will not always go well with Wolf Denwares. Mm-hmm. I promise. Or with the yeah. podcast or all that stuff. But you understand that yeah. because you experienced it before. That's also why that passion is going to let you keep going when things aren't going to go well. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. That was the thing is, uh, uh, when you, we were talking about it earlier and I, I said, you know, do you know, like if you've ever broken a bone, oh. like, is this the last time you're going to break a bone? Right. Like someone going to pass away? Like you're going to feel some sort of pain. You're going to feel mm-hmm. something again, you know, uh, some sort of hardship again. Right. You're going to feel good things again, you know. You're going to get sick again, yep. you know. You're going to throw up again someday, you mm-hmm. know. Those things are that that it's gonna happen. Was that the last time that I just got over being sick? Yeah, and it's like that's not the last time I'm gonna get sick. Right, right. You know what I mean? That's like that's that's one of the best analogies you could you could you could put together. Uh, Like being sick. Yeah. Like when you're feeling healthy, I'll never get sick, right? Yeah. yeah. And you do, and it's awful. But sure enough, what happens? It goes away. You start feeling good again. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that happens in these cycles, but it's not something you ever think about. You know? Yeah. But it's a great analogy because if you can just apply that to something you're passionate about yeah. and like the one hurdle you hit is like being sick, mm-hmm. give it some time and what happens to sickness, if it's a cocoa or something common, it'll yeah. go away, right? Yeah. That's how these hurdles will work also. Yeah. You have to see them that way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because this one cold, when you're 25 years old, does not mean you're on your deathbed now, right? Exactly. It's not yeah. over. It's <laughs> you not know over. What I mean? it's Many not more over. of these are coming. So that also yeah. means that there's a lot in between to enjoy. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. One thing I want to hit on real quick is, and again, we talked about this earlier, was... Sure. Like, how we structure our day, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. And so, for me, like, I live by myself. I work full-time. Yeah. I try to coach as often as I can. I try to do the podcast and schedule those episodes, you know? And and like you said a little bit ago, like, filling your schedule being busy, mm-hmm. that's a great thing, you know? Yeah. But when you fill up your schedule in that way, there's got to be a structure to it. Mm-hmm. And for me, I need it. Okay. Like we talked about earlier. Yeah. What you did is you have structure as well. Yeah. And it can be overwhelming sometimes, right. you know, but you took one piece out of it. For example, That's you right. said you have, you have breakfast, right. you, you work out, you have work, yep. then you can work on Wolf Den Wears, then you can do your podcast. Yeah. There's a structure to it, right? Right. can get overwhelming. What you did recently is you, you took out the, the eating portion yeah. because you're doing a little, um, what is that, the fasting, right? Intermittent, the intermittent fasting, thing? fasting, yeah. I'm okay. sure it's a kitschy thing yeah. or like... You know, I, I, like I said, I'm, I'm like a, I'm a, I'm a premier crash dieter. Uh-huh. You know, it's, it's terrible, <laughs> right. but it, but it's true. But uh-huh. I found, I, I finally found something that really seems to be working. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've seen some good results from it, and like, um, but it is, it's intermittent fasting. My friend started doing. It, I was like, I, I had all my these friends recently that are like doing some healthy kicks. Uh-huh. And so I just decided I was going to be some sort of copycat jerk and be like, I'm copying all of you. Right, right. right. And I, so, I'm gonna, so one of them was doing intermittent fasting. Well, I could never make it work, I thought, because my schedule is so random. And I, I counterpunch through my entire schedule every day, yeah. every week, every month. Um, if something comes up, then I fit that in and yeah. then I work around that and that's how I, I fill my time. Right. Um, because I don't like my hands to be on idle, you know, sure. I'd like to be working on something. Yep. So, um, but what, yeah, like what we're talking about is, uh, so I, I decided that I'll, I'll have my time for eating intermittent fasting. You, you have a time throughout the day that you can eat, uh-huh. um, that the, the rest of the day, 24 hours, eight of those hours you can eat 
and you can eat whatever you want and you're supposed to eat your proper amount of calories. The rest of the day you do not eat. You can have like water and maybe like coffee if you need it, you know? Well, I took that out in the morning. So by simply removing that one little piece, it added a ton of clarity to like my morning routines. Mm -hmm. I don't have to focus. I didn't know what to do first when I woke up. It was exciting, but at the same time, it's overwhelming because you're like, I don't know what to do next. I don't know how to start. I don't know what to do. And that's the thing is a lot of people get into like analysis paralysis and they think, I don't know how to start. I don't know what to do. Or, you know, if I did this, then I'll fuck this up. (laughs) You know what I mean? And so, so I I would think to myself, well, if I eat, then I'm not going to want to work out. And so, but I don't want to interrupt my coffee. I like my morning coffee. You know what I mean? So, but I pulled this out and I just pulled this little thing out and it was the eating, Mm -hmm. you know, and maybe it could have been anything, but it just happened to be, don't eat in the morning. We just don't eat in the morning. That's just all we do. We wait until later to eat. That's, that's why, that's how I internalized to myself. And then uh, it just added so much more clarity. I wake up, I have my coffee, I can work out, I can shower, I can prep, I can work on some things for at home. Sure. I can go to work and I just, I'm at work. I, I focus at work and then I come home and I'm busy again. Right. You know, and, and that's, that's how it helped. It helped so much just by like tweaking one little thing, you know, it made such a big difference in my day. Yeah. I have something, you know, it's funny. When I shower, uh-huh. like I told you earlier, like when I shower at night, yeah, I always think about like what my process is gonna look the next morning. Yeah, and so if I don't have to shower in the morning, that gives me an extra what twenty minutes. Yeah, and that makes such a massive difference in my day. Like I don't uh-huh. know why that is. Yeah, like if I shower at night, I get excited because I'm dang mm-hmm. tomorrow. I gotta wake up. I got 20 more minutes. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I get up yeah. like way, way before I have to anyways, like when it comes to work. If yeah, I, yeah. Most days I work at 9.30 mm-hmm. um, or I start at noon and work like late shifts, you know? Mm-hmm. But no matter what, I'll always wake up at the same time. Somewhere between like 6, 6.30, you yeah. know? And I'm just has plenty of time before work, you know? Yeah. But even those 20 minutes excite me from the shower thing. Yeah. Because <laughs> for me, like the structure for some reason is so important. I think a lot of people are like that. Like yeah, yeah. It's hard for me to just like kind of wing it on that sort of stuff mm-hmm. for, like, for example structure like I was saying is super important for me yeah again when I start my mornings mm-hmm. I have to again eat so I can enjoy it yeah. drink my coffee and I have to enjoy it you know mm-hmm. and if I can do that I feel right going mm-hmm. into my day yeah and I just know the rest of the day is going to be good yeah but if I sleep a little bit too late or if I by some chance miss like not making my coffee in the morning. I swear my day is ruined. You know what I mean? The little things make such a oh. big impact in the day-to-day yeah. like <laughs> basis. Uh, yeah. I don't know. And I, I try not to fall into that. I try not to like let like the little things. But they will. They'll get to they me. They just do. And it's just, yeah, it's unfortunate, but it's It's a little it's thing, truth. but like, yeah. You know what's funny? It's like a little thing, but it's an important thing. For example, like the coffee is just coffee to a lot of people. But yeah. for me... I make it a certain way. You know what I mean? Yours is a process. Mine's a process. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I love it. I love coming. Yeah. This, and like, you make you make the best coffee. Right, right. If anybody needs to know, you, you need to have... That's right. They will make you coffee. Dude, I know, right? I mean, it's it's like it's like Bosnian Serbian coffee, you know? So, yeah. those of you that are listening and know about that, they know it's like a process, but for yeah. most that don't, I mean, it works way different. Yeah. I mean, you gotta, you gotta boil water, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you gotta put... Water in a pot, boil it. The machine doesn't do it for you. Right, you know what right, I mean? So right. you have to do that. You get a separate pot to put the coffee in. Once it boils, throw the boiling water in the pot that has coffee in it. Throw that guy on the burner. Mm-hmm. Let it rise a hundred thousand times. Yeah. And then you can serve it. Yeah. You know, and it's yeah. a process, but it makes it so good. It's like you a, know? it's like a treat. Like I'm yeah. serious. Like that man. I was, that's like the part I was looking forward to <laughs> so much. <laughs> Oh, dude, it's good stuff. Yeah, It's good stuff. Yeah. I was going to ask you, earlier you mentioned, obviously, with the music thing, and then the vision, there's many ups and downs that, like, helped you get, help you get through that stuff, right? Yeah. Can you give me an example of, like, one of the most difficult moments you had? A difficult moment? Yeah. Oh, man. Um, Probably a lot of them. I mean, yeah, there's, there is a lot of them. I mean... I suppose when it came to music, I'll ask you that way, because obviously when you play music... And you perform, mm-hmm. like you said, whether it's for five people or 50, yeah. you still have to perform, right? You still have to perform. Yeah. What about when it doesn't go well? How did, at least when you started, how did you get through that? Well, see, the problem is, is that like what determines a good show or a bad show is just you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um, we've had shows that 
had no right be we had no right feeling good about mm-hmm. but we did yeah and then we had shows that we played that were like you know probably went really good um uh, but we just it just didn't feel right you right. know so i mean ups and downs in music is is day by day night by night yeah. i mean and uh i mean i think uh i mean probably probably some of the See, but the problem is, is like I revel in the hard times. Sure. Like I love that. Like, you bl- we blow out a tire. Like if we, like you know, um, we we don't have a place to sleep, you know, or like you know, that's it's. I love that adventure. You know what I mean? So it's really hard to think of like a like, you know, the hardest time. Probably the hardest time was when when the band broke up. Like when mm-hmm. when I knew it was done. Yeah. You know, that was hard. And that's one thing I'm probably still jaded about. I think, I mentioned it before. I do, you know, we do the podcast. Um, I have two podcasts that I do uh-huh. and produce right now. Sure. And one of them is for the Cedar Rapids music scene. We're in Cedar Falls. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, uh, but, and I've even mentioned it on there and like, you know, but that was probably one of the, one of the hardest times because it was over. And when you spend six years of your life, five, five, six years of your life committed to one thing, putting other things on hold, waiting for a payoff, you know, um, not waiting, but like, you know, working for a payoff, um, you know, putting money into it, putting time into it, blood, sweat, tears, literally, Mm -hmm. um, and it's done and it gets called you just get like like you say you just you get jaded right and uh, you get jaded to the people and you get jaded to the situation and you know you look at other people who are trying to do what you were doing and you're like no you're not going to do it because I couldn't do it you know right. what I mean right. because you know I, I, I have that mentality I have the mentality of like I can do whatever the hell I want yeah I can do it sure I know it because that's the way I was raised um, I had I had my parents, I, uh, I'm not a religious person, but, you know, blessed, fortunate, whatever you want to say. Sure. To have, like, the two pillars, my mom and my dad. You know what I mean? Did they help you, like, obviously growing up, you would say you had a good relationship with them? Yeah, I mean, I... From, from like, early on, or... Is... Yeah, I mean, like, the the thing of it was, though, is, like, my mom was, uh, my mom was the caretaker. She worked. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was the caretaker, and my dad worked. My dad just worked. Like, all I knew was that my dad worked. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's okay. Like, I wasn't, like, upset that he wasn't around or sure. anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he worked. Like, he was up before... Most of the time, he was gone before I was even awake. Yeah. Um, he would come home, and, some, like, we'd get to have dinner together, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, he'd, he'd go to bed fairly early, you know, after... And we'd get some time to watch tv or hang out you know he's mm-hmm. you know but uh, but i that's what i learned from him and he worked and my mom then just reinforced you can do whatever whatever you want in life like you she like i wanted to be an artist she said cool be an artist and i got an art set you know what mm-hmm. i mean and i wanted to be a musician she said cool be a musician i got a piano well, you know like or you know a little keyboard None of these things were expensive items sure. or versions of those things, but it was more or less to see, well, do you have a spark? Let's see if it goes somewhere. And mm-hmm. I was fortunate like that. You know what I mean? Like, and not to say that we were wealthy by any means. Sure. If we were rich or poor, then we, we didn't know it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I can tell you that we're probably on the not rich side though, sure. I guess, you know what I sure, mean? Sure, sure. So, um, um, Boy, that's a big tangent from uh, from the from the music thing. But at the same time, I think that was a that was a big thing. You know, like it was work, and it was what do you want to do? Right. And so you need to do what you want to do. Yeah. So I think that says like a lot about your mom too. Yeah. I want to say two things. One is like about your mom about her giving you like that freedom, just just try and see how it goes. Maybe yeah. you know what I mean. That tells me that when she was also younger, mm-hmm. obviously she was. A, just a kid also. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. She had ideas. Yeah. Wanted to be creative as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Most people do. Mm-hmm. I'm always curious about like when I hear people that have had good relationships with yeah. their parents, I feel like that's so much less common now mm-hmm. than kids talking about having an awful relationship yeah. with their parents. 
I hate hearing that. Yeah. You know, but I'm a cu- curious always like to see, you know, w- what made it good. Yeah. Because you hear oftentimes it's it's either if you have a bad relationship with your parents is because they treated you like crap mm-hmm. or overprotected you, yeah. overcoddled you, stuff like that. Yeah. You know, like when you say your mom let you do that creative stuff, was it? Oh, sweetie, you can you you know, just chase your dreams. Just work really hard, and all, that's all going to come true. Was it that, or was it just, hey, try it for yourself and, and, and kind of see what happens? I think I'm curious. Like, what? I think it was both. Like, well, she, she gave us creative outlets, like or like found projects, like she, you know, God, we, you know, we grew up such a weird time because it was before like the technology boom, but it was mm-hmm. after. It was as like video games kind of started to become more present in in kids for kids and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So like technology wasn't all the way in, but there's still time when you went outside and like ran around until dark, and then your parents called you in. Sure. You know what I mean? So it's a very weird time. So the the idea I think was more or less like, how can I not get you guys playing video games, and how can <laughs> I how can I make sure that you're out doing something that's useful with your time. Right. And, and like you know, using your brain, you know what I mean. Yeah. Not that video games don't, you know, necessarily, but at the same time, it's it's different aspects. Yeah. And so, um, I I don't I, th- I think it was uh, I think that she you know she found projects or found things that for us to do, and I'm the youngest of four boys. Yeah. So, you know. By the time I think they got to me, it was just like, what can we do so you just don't, you know, stay out of trouble and stuff? And mm-hmm. they didn't, they didn't, weren't real hard on me or like, you know, didn't set like a ton of boundaries or restrictions on things. It was just like, you know, you need to do you and you need to come into your own. And I really appreciate that, yeah. you know? So, um, yeah, like, I think it was just like, yeah, you want to try this? Like, let's try this. Yeah. They wanted me to, like, take piano lessons, but I didn't want to take piano lessons. Right. So she's like, fine, you don't have to take piano lessons. Just do it if you want to do it. You know, stuff but like such that. A, that's such a good example. Because, it, you know, when you're coming up, and I feel like I, maybe as a parent, and you're telling your kids that they have to do this thing, or they, they push something on you, yeah. that obviously creates resentment right away. Right. Especially if it's something that they, they don't want to do. Yeah. They just do it to please you. Uh-huh. And then that will roll over into adult life. Yeah. Where you're always stuck trying to please your parents, yeah. you know? Like, not that that's the off, the worst thing in the world, mm-hmm. but it's going to cause, I think, a lot of, more harm than good, I should say that. Yeah. Because, again, you'll create resentment towards yourself and towards your parents, mm-hmm. and then you'll always be on edge when you're around each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, just to have them try and do this, see how it goes, to have those honest and open conversations. Because yeah. if it doesn't go well, I'll still be there for you. If it does go well, I'll be there for you. Yeah. But not like, oh, if you're not going to do what I say, yeah. you know, don't bother coming back. It's, yeah. It's crazy. Like, I never, yeah, I never got, like, anything necessarily forced on me. Like, they just wanted me to try things. And sure. I think that's the only time, like, if, was ever, if anything was ever forced on me, it was to make sure I was, like, socializing and not becoming, like, a degenerate because sure. I wasn't, like, being a part of society. Right. You know, playing baseball. But, like, like you say, like you play little league or something like that, or you play flag football or you try to get, you know, team sports and things like that. And, um, which, you know, I was never like a crazy athlete or anything, but I liked baseball, but then I didn't like baseball. Mm-hmm. So, you know, things happen as a kid, right. you start to not like things, and, yeah. but you know, did they discipline you ever? Oh yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I, I got spanked. I got, you yeah. know, you know, uh, my mouth let's, washed let's, out with soap. Oh, you know, God. I got it all, man, <laughs> and that's that's fine. Yeah. You know, it's good because you should you should get away with everything. Yeah. That's not the way it works. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, so. we didn't bring that back. Yeah, more I know. More ass whooping. <laughs> I know. I remember, like, let me tell you a story. When I was growing up, two things. One is, yeah, yeah, yeah. When I would get in trouble, my mom would tell me to go outside mm-hmm. to the tree we had in the front yard, okay. the tree, okay. and she says, pick a branch. Oh, yeah. Now, this okay. is a hard game. Because uh, you yeah. you got to pick some, something right something there. Something in the middle. middle. If it's too small, yeah. she's going out there. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah, if you do something too big, obviously you're asking for trouble because yeah. she won't put it back. But right. you have to pick something in the middle, you know, no, so she's yeah. making me pick a branch. Uh, and those hurt. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, when yeah. they whip you, they're terrible. Oh, yeah. But the other one, what was worse than the branches is I'd get in trouble, right? I'd run upstairs to my room. And then my mom would chase me, but I'd lock the door, right? Okay. So I locked the door. I'm in the room, and she starts yelling, 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 open the door. Mm-hmm. Super mad at me, right? Yeah. And obviously, I'm scared as hell. I don't want to open the door. Right. I'm, I'm, I know I'm going to get it, right? And, but yeah. then 
she turns on her nice mom voice. She's not going to hit me. It's all going to be all right. Just open yeah. the door. I just want to talk. And, yeah. and as a kid, I mean, your mom starts talking sweet to you. What are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. You believe her. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You buy it. You buy it. You yeah. know what I mean? But yeah. the problem is, and you op I open the door, and then I got it like 10 times worse. Oh, you know see? what I mean? Because yeah. I locked the door in the first place. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> it was just the craziest thing, right? Yeah. How's your parents do you? <laughs> uh, no, like like I say, you know, there's there are just times. It's like, I don't know how... It's, to me, it seemed like they just knew the perfect times yeah. when I they knew I needed to be disciplined. Yeah, you know what I mean. I talked back to my grandmother, said a bad word to my grandmother. My mom washed my mouth out with soap faster and longer <laughs> and harder than you'd think. You know, she was disinfecting like Chernobyl or something. Like, it was <laughs> seriously. Like, it was. I don't know. Um, but you know, and my dad, you know, he didn't. He didn't take crap from us you yeah. know he was he was a disciplinarian yeah. you know he wasn't he wasn't a hard ass you know but yeah. he was a, like not a hard man but he was he didn't take he didn't want to raise soft kids sure. you know soft soft was the saying uh smooth seas don't make good sailors sure, you know what i mean sure. and um my dad, when there was yard work to be done, you do the yard work, you help clean out the garage, you help your mom do dishes, you know, that kind of stuff. Like, were you, like, scared around him? No. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like coming up, like, mm -hmm. I had a little bit of, like, fear from my parents. Sure. And maybe just, like, coming, coming up, like, in a, you know, in a different culture. Yeah. You know, because we're from, like, yeah. Serbia, the Balkan region. Yeah. I raised is a little bit different yeah. over there than it is here, you know, so... You know, when I was coming up, I always had like a, a little bit of fear around my parents all, all okay. the time. Like, not in like a scary way, like, oh God, I can't be around them all right, the time. But right. it's like, almost like a healthy one where like, obviously they like love me, but I knew that I, I better not mess up too bad. Yeah. You know, like I just had that fear on my back that I don't want to let them down because, I don't know, it's just that fear was always on me. You know what yeah. I mean? But in, in a good way, because like, now when I think about it, like as adults, like I don't have my mom anymore, but... Like, my dad, we actually have a relationship now, mm -hmm. and we get along well. Yeah. And I'm still, I'm still, like, on edge around him a lot. Sure. But because, like, we've gotten more comfortable with each other and have, like, honest conversations, I, res I, like, I respect him yeah. more nowadays. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. No, absolutely. I, and, you know, especially to, to preface it, I guess, you know, like, now, like, you know... Um, like my, my my parents and I like I feel like we just have like a wonderful relationship, open relationship yeah. that we we can talk about anything and I can go to them with any problems, you know, and, and everything. And but when I was a kid, yeah, I mean like my dad worked very hard, you know, and um like very, very hard. Like he I mean I man put in hours that I didn't know existed. You know what I mean? Sure. That kind of stuff. Sure. And so there's always that respect. But yeah, I mean like there's sometimes that you you've always felt you know, it's almost like a presence entered the space. Mm -hmm. So, but you knew what kind of, if it was a good, good presence or if it was a bad presence. Yeah. And so if it's almost like you could feel his mood if he, when he came into the house, mm -hmm. you know, and if you were watching TV or playing a video game in the living room, you're probably going to have to turn it off. You know what I mean? Like that <laughs> oh, yeah. kind of thing. Oh, yeah. So, but like, did I ever fear him? Not necessarily. I didn't fear him, but I did, I did, I was cautious, you know, okay, like, yeah, I think there's yeah. a difference. I agree. So I was, I was like, ah, I don't want to upset dad, you know, but no, like, uh, my dad loved us a lot. He, he loves us very much. So, mm -hmm. um, but I know just like, I mean, just like any parent, just like, I feel like when I go in and I, I, I have dogs, you know, sure. so I'm sure they can feel my presence when I walk in, if I've sure. had a good day at work or a bad day at work, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So same idea, I think, you mm -hmm. know, I think that's just the way it is. Right. Um, you know how how you come home. Yeah. How how he came home, and you just were cautious of it. How has the relationship been as like an adult? Obviously, as an adult, you do more of your own thing. You know, mm -hmm. at least you try to. Yeah. With the music thing, obviously, like you said, ups and downs with that. Yeah. How is it like? At least for you, I know it's probably different, but you and your parents have a pretty solid relationship. It yeah. seems like so. Explaining to them that when it wasn't going to be playing in the band anymore, mm -hmm. or if they were even invested in that at all. How was it explaining that? Or the stuff you're working on now? Working yeah. on your podcast and the Wolf Den Wears. Are they supportive or how do those conversations look like? I think actually the hardest conversation was was when I told him that I wasn't going to be going to school anymore. 
So that was way different. Like when I told him the band was was done, we probably weren't going to be doing that much anymore. He's like, oh, well, dang, that's that sucks, man. That's yeah. unfortunate for you, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah, I know you put a lot into that, you yeah. know. He was he was supportive, but it, he was like, that's 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 too bad for you, mm-hmm. you know, because I know how invested you were. Um, you know, the conversation when I was said I wasn't going to go to school anymore was I was nervous about that. Um, he wanted me to have and some sort of education, you know, hanging on the wall. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I said I don't, I don't want to do it. It's a waste of my time, my money, your money, you know, more his money, sure. <laughs> you know. And sure. he, because he wanted to do that. That was the reason why he worked. He wanted to be able to pay for like the first year two of college for us, you mm-hmm. know. And so um, you do that for four boys over, you know. And um, he. Uh, I, I told him that and I, I, but I always went to him with a plan. Sure. Like I always told him why I gave him reasoning. It was like presenting like a, like a, like a <laughs> it was like a presentation, yeah, yeah. you know, cra- graphs and charts and things like sure, that. Not sure, really, sure, but you know, sure. calculations. I mean. It's like, you know, this is why, and this is why I feel like I should do this instead. Mm-hmm. And you know, this, this is why it would benefit you and me mutually. Right, that. Right, right. And, um, but you know, he, said you know okay you know fine that's that is what it is and i told him i was going to be playing music and mm-hmm. and we're going to be touring and we're going to be doing this and i'll get a job and mm-hmm. I'll, you know so i but i when i started supporting myself he didn't really buck much you know he can't you know can you at, say at, at that, that point, point yeah. you know because at that point i'm 12, 20 years old um thinking i'm an adult you know right. what i mean right. and uh and that's what you do yeah. so and then when i told him you know, I just started doing Wolf Den Wares. I just started printing. I just, I came into that stuff. Yeah. And that happened very naturally. And I just happened to mention to it. It was never a conversation of I'm going to start doing this. Because again, I found a way to just do it and support it myself. Yeah. So, and he saw that. So he sees that's a pride point for him. Of course. You know, he's like, you're doing something for yourself. And yeah. what more could you ask? Because if you're not... Taken out of their pocket. Yeah, I mean, honestly, you know, what, what what can they say at the uh, end of the day? Obviously, it's still important. The big to... thing to me is to not be a drain on sure. on my parents. Sure. To be completely honest, I, I didn't want to be that because because I know how much they supported me up until that point. Yeah, yeah. And I don't want to be a burden on them. Yeah, you know, yeah. I want to. It's I want to make them proud. Of I course. do, but I'm going to still make them proud on my terms. That's right. I don't have any like they haven't set any expectations that I have to live up to. Sure. And I've I've done some cool things, and they're they are proud of me. I know that. Sure. And they've told me that, you know. So yeah, yeah we yeah. do. But it's a it's a great relationship that we have. And I, I like to say I'm very fortunate like that. Right. It's not a brag. Sure. I know how fortunate I am to have that because I know a lot of people don't. Right. You know. Right. And I think just like how we came up is so different than how our parents did and their yeah. parents before that. Like, oh, this I think about a ton. I mean, whether it's how you came up within a specific time in a certain place or like a different place altogether. For example, like coming up overseas mm-hmm. is different than coming up uh, over here uh, yeah, yeah. in a lot of countries, right? Yeah. So something that goes through my mind quite a bit when I hear stuff like this, especially, for example, with your parents. Mm-hmm. You were raised in the U.S., yeah. so were they. Their struggles are much different than the ones you have right now. Mm-hmm. So back then, I feel like School especially was so much more valuable while yeah. they were coming up than it is now. Yeah. I think that by them, you know, going through their struggles again through that, they give you an opportunity now mm-hmm. to be more creative. Yeah. You know what I mean? And sometimes as like a parent, it's hard to accept that because yeah. you want your kids to, to, to feel, hey, I worked for this. This was hard for me. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I get that. Mm-hmm. But it's because of their hard work and the sacrifices that they made that you have opportunities now different mm-hmm. than the ones that they have. Yeah. Nowadays, you can say that I didn't need college to do this thing, to build my thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't need that because yeah. at the end of the day, like I, we talked about at the very beginning, your brand is you. Mm-hmm. How do you carry, carry yourself? What are you yeah. going to put into it? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. With or without a degree, if it comes to something super creative, mm-hmm. it is up to you to find those outlets. And if you do and things work out, amazing, right? right? And if they don't, it's on you to pick yourself back up and keep going. Yeah. But you have the chance, the opportunity to at least try yeah. thanks to their sacrifices. Absolutely. I think about that like with my, my dad also. You know, like mm-hmm. When I was pursuing and playing soccer, mm-hmm. again, it was much more difficult for, to have those conversations of how, when things go well or don't go well. Sure. First of all, like 
you know, as I've grown up in the U.S., I've been speaking way more English than I have Serbian. Serbian, I usually just speak at home. Okay. So getting across how I feel to them is very, very difficult. Just the language barrier, to be honest with you. Okay. Like, I'm so fluent in Serbian, yeah. but not nearly as much as I was when I was younger. So it's hard to talk as an adult to them about the difficult things. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so for a long time, to him, it just looked like I was just wasting my time. Because the way they came up, they had to work their asses off. Mm-hmm. They had to come here. With nothing, you know, when they feed their kids, they don't speak the language, you still have to get by somehow and survive, right? Yeah. They did that. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, they have to make some money to, to eat, mm-hmm. right? And so when they see me pursuing something that's not making me money right away, yeah, that's it's hard to accept almost, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because when I was pursuing soccer and things weren't going well, like he would tell me to my face that I'm wasting my time a lot. Yeah. And it's, it's a card as hell hearing that. Mm-hmm. But like you mentioned a second ago, I you want to make your parents proud, right? Yeah. But you have to do that by doing things for you first. Exactly. Because at the end of the day, they're going to love you regardless, I think. Yep. If you have a good head on your shoulders and you do the right thing, you try your best. Right. There, there's nothing to complain about, you yeah. know, if you try. Yeah. Because I think I have these opportunities now. Yeah. Like, I'll give you an example. I think a lot about when my dad and mom came over here, right? Yeah. Scared out of their minds. Okay. Came as refugees because the war was going on. You, you know, you're an adult. You have kids and you have to yeah. feed them. And you can't talk to nobody. You can't speak the language. And you get, you have to get by, though, right? You have to. Like, I can't imagine the fear they must have felt. Yeah. And I heard, like, that story growing up. Yeah, my parents came from overseas. It must have been hard. Sure, I heard it a million times. It didn't really make sense to me until I was out there, like, by myself, pursuing my dream. Yeah. And things weren't going well for me. Mm-hmm. And the fear I felt then and the stress and all that stuff I was feeling, like, that's when things got put into perspective for me. Mm-hmm. Where my parents came here just to survive... I'm out here pursuing a dream. It is a privilege to be struggling in the way that I am. Right. You know what I mean? A privilege That's to right. do that. Yeah. A privilege. And so when I think about what the hell my parents went through, now I have an opportunity that they never did. Yeah. That is to try creative outlets like this to do something for myself, something positive, maybe yeah. help. And I, and I always feel that, again, when it comes to doing something like this on your own terms, if it's not going to be college, first of all, you better commit yourself mm-hmm. and put in the time and the effort. And maybe, just maybe, if you're good enough, Things might work out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that, that's on us. That's on me to try my ass. Try, you know, work my ass off to make that happen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. Right. I have an option to try. Yeah. That's a privilege. Yep. That my parents didn't have. Yeah. It, it's, your parents had different privileges than mine did. Yeah. But still, much different than the ones you have now. Yeah. You know? And to get that across, like in an honest, open conversation with parents, it just seems like that rarely happens. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Often, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, like, I, I, you know, you talked about your parents and them, you know, being first generation here, yeah. right? Yeah. And so I think, and you know, I talk about my dad and, and he worked, you know, like I say, the, the hours that I didn't even know exist. My mom worked yeah. worked a full-time job and had four boys to raise at home to, she still had to go home and cook for, you know, and, and clean and do all these things and, and kept a good house and they still found time to be part of their community and everything. And then I think about, you know, how hard they worked and I think about, and then they tell me stories about my grandfather who yeah. I believe was the first generation mm-hmm. into the country about how he would wake up at whatever hour in the morning to um, go work in a bakery. Then he would go and he'd hitchhike into, uh, to go to school. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the day, he'd come back, study, and then, and that was, that was what he, that's how he made his living. Yeah. And how he paid for school, you know how he how hard he had to work. Sure. You know his days were were fifteen hour days, you know, um, starting and ending with work. You know, and that's that's the stuff. Those are the stories that inspire me. Yeah. You know, not yeah. to be a workaholic, but to be be passionate about something. Of course. You know what I mean? Because you know, and like you say, they they had different lives, different passions, right. different things that different different things in society that held value. And I think to them, it was education, family, things like that, those kind of values that they, you know, wasn't necessarily, they didn't have time to be creative, but they had, they, all their time was being taken up by surviving, yeah. like life, living, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, and, uh, you know, you just, you just become very, I think that just makes you so grateful. Yeah. You know what it I mean? It does. I mean, like you think about like how they came up, like there you you have to do well you have no other options if you want to get by yeah you know what i mean yeah, there's like just you, no options there's no options there's you, no options you can't them. fail yeah then you know what i mean yeah now it's a privilege to be able to go out yeah. and fail yeah you know what i mean that's how different things are nowadays yeah, exactly you know and i think the sooner that clicks 
for young people, whoever really, yeah. the sooner that clicks for you, that it's a privilege to go out there and to fail and to not do well, yeah. the quicker you might get mm-hmm. to go do something. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I really believe that. Yeah. I think about that a lot Like for myself. Obviously, having the journey that I've had, you know? Yeah. But as it's, it's, it's far as stuff right now, well, like the only way I can fail is to not do anything at all. Yeah. That's how it is now. Well, yeah. It, uh, this is the this is the conversation that always happened is the um, we have need to have a backup plan. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. Do, you ever, do, you, do you get told that all the time? You get told like, oh, you gotta have a backup. Well, what's your backup plan? You're gonna be a soccer player, right? right. Well, what was your backup plan? None. You didn't have one, did you? No way. So like, if you have a backup plan, like that, you're already psyching yourself out that maybe just maybe this might not work out. So and the reality yeah. is that it might not, but you shouldn't tell that to yourself. Well, the problem yeah. is, is that everyone's like, well, there's these plans. So there's plan A, plan B, plan C, plan yeah. to, all the way to Z. But the problem is, is that, so it's, it should just be one plan, right. you know? Like nowadays, yeah, I I didn't have much of a, a backup plan when I was trying to be a musician. That mm-hmm. wasn't necessarily the idea, though, right? And so. But now, like, I'm sure people will probably look at me thinking, like, well, you're just doing hobbyist stuff, you know? But it's not necessarily true because it's, like, I work a day job, you work a day job, right. you know? You work in these, these call it a nine-to-five, and uh, people chalk that up as your plan, you know, or part of the plan. Right. But it all That's what it is, though, is just part of the plan. It's not... <laughs> it's not Plan A, and then I I go to Plan B yeah, that yeah, I get to yeah. work on Wolfden Wears. No, yeah. that fuels Wolfden Wears. That's right. That is the time during the day that I'm the least busy. Right. You know what I mean? Like like even when I wake up and it seems like I'm not doing much, I'm just drinking my coffee I'm, and mm-hmm. I'm maybe catching up on email or just perusing Facebook, mm-hmm. or I'm thinking I'm caught in that that think tank. Yeah. You know that that you have like people find in, during the day. But then even in the after work, that's my busiest time, you know, after the day job, after the nine to five. It's not backup plan. I'm not doing any backup plan anymore, like, or looking at it that way. It's the idea of, I just have my plan. I know what my end goal is. I know what I want to do. Like you say, I know how I want to grind this out. And I figured out a way actually to facilitate it myself by doing this nine to five. And then you just pile into this, yeah. you know, dream, yeah. into that vision. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's exactly. And that's what it is. The whole thing you were just going on right there, yeah. that just reminds me of, you know, the nine to five is part of the vision. Yeah, it is. It's just a like, part of it. It's just a part It's not of a plan A, plan B. Right. It's not a backup plan. Right, right. It's part of it. Yeah. It's part, like you said, it's part of that process. Yeah. You know, I think, like, like I said at the very beginning, that conversation of, you know, dreams versus vision. Yeah. So... People will take like their dream as a certain plan or the nine to five as that backup plan B. Yeah. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And then there's plan C, whatever else you got. Yeah. Well, when you have vision, you understand that I want to do this, this, this awesome thing. The job is going to help me eat right now. It's going to help me pay my yeah. bills. It's going to help me get there. Mm-hmm. So it's like a resource. Yeah. You know what I mean? It is. It's a resource. Like, yeah, that's a great way to put it because mm-hmm. it is, it's a, it's a resource. And that's why I think like coming from, an artist background and having been the starving artist, having been sure. the guy who only thinks of himself in that way at, <laughs> at times in my life yeah, that I'm supposed yeah. to be struggling and stuff. Yeah. And it's like, it's so, it's, it just becomes such a crock, you mm-hmm. know, like that people get into this mentality of like when you're an artist, whether it be music or genuinely like art painting yeah. or anything, you know, um, that you're just you're supposed to struggle with it, and like you're you don't have to struggle with it. You can facilitate it with that nine to five. Pay for it, you know. There's there's good ways to get it done. You don't have to sit there and struggle. You you yeah. can allow yourself to be comfortable doing it. I'm sure. comfortable doing the things I'm doing. Sure. And the sure. way that I stress myself out is by progressing and pushing to the next level, mm-hmm. not not you know floundering around in the dirt. Because, because I, and being upset with myself because I think that's where I'm supposed to be as an artist. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you can, you can, the, the struggle, the next step should be the stress, not the thing itself. Right. You know what I mean? Not yeah. your art. Yeah. That shouldn't be the stress. That should be taking you to the next step to stress you out. That's you know right. I mean? That's, yeah. What a great way to put it. Yeah. AJ, um, I think we're going to end it right there. We're going to end it? That's a great spot. To okay. End. All right. <laughs> that was great. I mean, I got, 
That was really amazing. Cool. Good conversation, right? Yeah. I appreciate you doing this, man. Dude, thank I think you this so is gonna much be one of those. I've never been a guest on another podcast before. It's the first one? Yeah. Really? Yeah, seriously. Am I gonna get to be on yours at some point? Yeah, too? you will. Yeah. You're gonna have to come down. We'll I treat know, you. Right? We'll treat you. I'm super stoked way. So. Sweet. Looking forward to it, man. Yeah, man. I appreciate it. Dude. We'll call it there, dude. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Again, I am Stavo, and this is Vision is Greater Than Anything. Until next time.